0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. This year, as we start 2023, we've got a message today called 2023, A Year Full of Purpose. And so that's what I would encourage us to have as we start this year, is to live in purpose with this year. You know, as we as we look at what makes a good year, here's a couple things that I, that I thought of. Uh, one is that... Uh, Time with those that we love makes a good year. Uh, Making healthy changes or choices makes a good year. Uh, And then also setting and reaching goals makes a good year. Uh, So if you look back at 2022 and, and you've had some of those, you had a pretty good year, even if some things were hard. But I will say that even if we have all of those things in place, our year would be incomplete. We wouldn't really get to the destination that we're trying to get to if we just have those things, if we're not walking in purpose. And purpose is kind of like a transmission in a car. I'm not a mechanic, I'm not excellent or anything. Most of my stuff I've done with cars, I've torn it apart more than I've fixed it, but here's what I know. A couple months back, uh, Michelle, my wife, and and Will, our youth pastor who did communion up here, uh, we we went to Sam's Club to pick up some things for a youth event, and on the way back, our transmission failed in the car. Uh, But it didn't just fail all of a sudden, it failed uh, like a little bit and then a little bit, and so we're getting off the freeway, we get to the exit here to the church building, And then all of a sudden, I would rev the gas, the engine sounds perfect, the wheels are rolling, everything's going, but as I press the gas, the transmission wouldn't engage. But then it would. And then finally, we got all the way up into the church driveway, all the way to the end of the driveway, trying to pull up to the building to be able to unload everything and we stall right across the entrance. And so if you, if you all had been coming here to the building, you wouldn't be able to get in because our car just died right there. And we had to try to get it to the mechanic, all those things. But it made me think of that that's how purpose is. You you can have those good things we talked about, perfect engine. Like our car, the mechanic said, everything else is great on this car, but the transmission shot. Well, after a couple of months and and walking through, we now have a a well-running car because the transmission works again. Well, let's try to get purpose going in 2023 like that in our lives, okay? So here's what we need to know. Each person has a unique purpose. It's one that only you can live out or I can only live out for my life, and it's designed by God. And so uh, we have different brands in our lives. When you think about uh, like cars uh, or computers or furniture or clothes or, or think about movie stars or famous people or politicians and they show up on the red carpet to some event. And what what do all the people say or or they ask them, you know, what are you wearing or who are you wearing? And I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk off names of designers because I don't really know any, but uh, they ask, oh, they're wearing this person's dress or this person's uh, clothes they designed. And what if in 2023, uh, we wore the purpose that Jesus had for us, that when people looked at our lives, they said, oh, that's like Jesus. They're walking in their purpose that God has. And, and I really think that's how it is. You may say, well, that's kind of corny or that's kind of lame, Cody, but I, I think it's that purposeful. And, and actually, the New Testament actually lays it out that way that we're supposed to put on Christ. And so let's put on the purpose that God designed for us in 2023. And I want us to do something before we go into the message. I want us to pray. Uh, and I know it can be awkward, uh, you know, you're watching by video, but uh, I want us to pause and pray and ask God to speak to us, each one of us, about our unique purpose for 2023. So let's do that real quick. Lord, we just recognize and welcome your presence in this new year. And we want to start this year by saying, do all that you want to do, all that is in your heart, in our lives, God. Lord, we believe that we have a unique purpose in our lives, we believe that you've designed us. For something specific in this life, God, in the number of years that we have, we want to walk in and move in the purpose that you have for us. So Holy Spirit, would you teach today? Would you teach in a way that each person would be able to hear you? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the way that we're going to learn a little bit about walking in purpose in this new year and in our lives is by looking at the, the people of Hannah, Elkanah, and Samuel, Uh, That's mom and dad and then Samuel, and we're going to do that by looking in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. So the first thing that we're going to see here is that uh, they found a purpose in a time like ours. Uh, It was the time of the judges, and the judges were uh, uh, people that were called by God. Uh, They were anointed by God. Many of them were prophetic, Uh, and uh, they were called by God to lead the nation of Israel after they walked into the promised land and they were trying to figure out how do we live this life with God? How do we live a life set apart from the other nations and as pe- the people of God uh, and do it in a certain way? And they failed miserably. And, and the judges, all of them tried, but it was just, it was a bad time. Uh, and, and so it was a time like ours, I think, because we, we try to have all kinds of solutions and people prop all sorts of things up and say, here's the answer. This thing's going to solve this problem. And, and really the only thing we really have is God. God's really the answer. And it was described in that time, the the, the book of Judges in the Old Testament actually says this of that time. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. So it was a time of extreme individualism. It was a time of mountains of information, but very little true wisdom. And so that's a time like ours for sure. Uh, And it says that they did as they saw fit. What that means is it means that they did things according to what they saw as right or their own minds versus what God's word says, what God says. And that's a time like ours too. And so as we walk into this, we need to realize though that the stage is set in what we're about to read and the stage is set in our day. You see, you may just be sitting here today and say, my life really doesn't matter or I'm insignificant, or or I'm just holding on, you know, uh, until you know I, I go to heaven and, and then it's going to get great. But but each unique life walking in their purpose makes makes all the difference. It makes absolutely all the difference. Each life makes a huge difference. And um, you know, in this time, it's going to be Samuel that pulls together a lot of the pieces that need to be put together in that time. But what about you? What about me? Like, what if us walking in our purpose during this time? pulls together the pieces for what's needed in this time in history as it was with them. And what made me think of the pieces of this is, is that I, for years, I've lived here for four years and in my mind, I see myself starting a big puzzle at the start of winter where it's kind of cold like now and and completing it by spring, somewhere in March in there. And and I haven't done it for all these years. So I now have two puzzles actually. I've got one of this old country porch with a dog on it out in the mountains. And then I've got one of a beach in Hawaii. And so uh, big goals. I'm gonna try to do both of them during winter. But when you do a puzzle, you kind of get a couple pieces and then you search for other pieces that pull together. And when you get on a roll and you find a bunch, it just feels so good. And I think that's how God feels. When people surrender to their purpose in him, the picture comes together the way that he wants it. So that's what we're shooting for. So Samuel was a person that found and functioned in his purpose that God gave him. So he's somebody that we should all watch and say, how did Samuel walk in this? How did he discover this? Well, um, he he was a prophet and he was a judge of Israel. And so this is what it says about Samuel in 1 Samuel 3, 19 through 21. It says, "'The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word.'" So here's what we see in this passage. We see that the Lord affirms Samuel walking in his purpose by being with him and empowering him. We see that Israel recognized Samuel walking in his purpose. And we see that God's presence and Revelation comes when a person walks in their purpose because God's presence rested upon Shiloh in that place. So this comes right up against with something that's in all of us, which is I think there's kind of this, uh, thinking, or maybe it's a spirit of the age, I don't know, That's this idea that, you know, I don't need to do that good thing, or I, I don't need to do that. That doesn't matter. It doesn't affect anybody else. Or, or uh, we say to ourselves, well, I'm just going to do this thing. Uh, it doesn't affect anybody else. It's, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's not going to make a difference. And, you know, that flies, you know, right in the face of, of actually what we see here, because, because us, Samuel, uh, you, me, any of us walking in our purpose, here's the reality of what I know. When people walk in their purpose, things are less broken. When people walk in their purpose, uh, things get fixed. When people walk in their purpose, families are healed, lives are healed, communities are changed. And so it makes all the difference in the world. So let's zoom in again. What we see here is that when people walk in their purpose is that uh, what we see by looking at Samuel, our father's affirmation and help is there. I mean, I mean, isn't that what we all want, is that closeness with our Father? We see that others are encouraged and drawn towards God. And then lastly, that God's presence and revelation grow in the place that we live, all because we walk in our purpose. And so as I was, I was walking through this, I was thinking about how we arrived in Kansas City. We were living in Southern California, where we're from, and and uh, there was a woman that I was uh, I was doing some work outside the church, and... And we worked together and she just came up to me one day and and just said, hey, you know, I had, I I can't remember whether it was a, a," she said it was a dream or a vision or or what, but uh, she just said, hey, I I got this picture or this dream of you. And and she described uh, basically this place and she described uh, I was doing such and such and this thing and that sort of stuff, but nobody knew. Nobody knew. I hadn't told anybody that we were actually praying about coming to Kansas City to come pastor this church. And yet, she told me this thing, and I just kind of said, great, thanks, that's encouraging. I didn't put the pieces together for her, but, but it gets better. Uh, we were on, we came out two weekends in a row in June 2018. In our first weekend flying out here, are uh, we are in the, we're in the line, the security line, and there's a bathroom right near the security line in the airport in San Diego, and all of a sudden we're walking up towards this angle of the line, and all of a sudden, she walks right outside the, the bathroom, the woman that told me this, and it's like, hey, and so introduced her to my family, and she was flying to Kansas City on our same flight at that time, and so it's just all these pieces that God put together, and then I told her, I said, when you told me this of what God showed you, uh, it, it actually affirmed this whole thing for me that we ended up in this place, and so because she walked in her purpose, it was, I think it was kind of a newer thing for her to function and move in that way, but she was Function in her purpose. And look at the encouragement that it brought us to, to move from a place halfway across the country to here just because she functioned and moved in that. And so pretty encouraging, right? But if it's so easy. Why isn't everybody doing it, right? Like if, 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 if walking in your purpose is just so easy and wonderful, no, it's not actually. It's actually very difficult. It's very demanding to walk in our purpose because we have to change things. And so the next thing that we see is we see that purpose is birthed in surrender. And so see Samuel walking in his purpose and in the good report of what happened in his life actually came through his mother actually walking in her purpose in a way that was just excruciatingly hard. You see, Hannah was married to Elkanah and Elkanah had two wives and his other wife had many children. But then Hannah was actually barren. Uh, she couldn't have children. And so her heart just broke. And as you read, you can read the first couple chapters of 1 Samuel. And you can just tell that this is a woman that just, she sees her purpose as being a mom. And she sees her purpose just not uh, selfishly, but she sees it as like birthing God's life and God's kingdom into the world. And, and so she longs for it. She prays for it. she um, you know The frustration is there of many years. And and, uh, you know, she was she was kind of an outcast in her family because because she couldn't have children. And so uh, she just sought the Lord on this and sought the Lord on this. But then, you know, everything changed uh, when she surrendered her life to God by dedicating her purpose to God. You see, she had this hard thing that she wanted God to change in her life. And so she sought God and sought God. But everything changed when she said, you know what, God, I give this purpose to you. So... In other words, if you do this, it's all about you. You see, we have goals, we have dreams, we have all sorts of things, but everything changes when we say, God, I don't care if this doesn't look the way that I want it to look. I'm cool if it looks the way you want it to look, but let's have it happen. Let's, let's go there. And so that's what happens. And here's the words that she's at this uh, place worshiping, uh, at the place of worship, and this priest, Eli, is there. And, uh, and she's praying and he thinks she's drunk because she's like praying so heavily into this and she's weeping and crying and just, God, please help me. I mean, you, you may have been there before. You may be there right now where you're crying out to God and you're needing something to change. And, and, it, and get me right. I'm not saying that this guarantees that you'll get what you're looking for. But I think it does guarantee that God will do what he wants to do in you and through you. And so this is what Hannah says or is said about her at first in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. It says, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant but give her a son then I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head and so what Hannah did is she dedicated Samuel to the Lord now you're saying you may be saying if you've been here at Vineyard some that's what we do we do child dedication so when parents have a, a new child, at some point in their childhood, we, we dedicate that child to the Lord. But here's, diff- here's what's different, and I'm glad, is that what Hannah was saying is that she would actually take her newborn son, Samuel, when he was weaned, so a few years in, uh, during that time, children would be weaned, she would actually bring him to be with the priests, he would no longer live at home. Can you imagine if you all dropped off your kids here at the building? I mean, it would just be total chaos in here. I don't know if we'd get more done or less done, but I mean, it just wouldn't be good. And so, so that's what they, that's what she meant by this, that actually she would actually drop him at that place that he would just be completely the Lord's. She was so focused on having God do what he wanted to do that she surrendered her whole life, her whole dreams to that. But what happened is, not only did Samuel walk in his purpose because she surrendered her purpose to God, but then Eli, this priest, that things weren't really going well, he now functioned in his purpose of worship. This is what's said about him in verse 27 through 28 of 1 Samuel. It says, I, uh, this is Hannah speaking, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. This is after she gave birth to Samuel. So now I give him to the Lord... For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. Speaking of Eli, so this guy is just kind of going through the motions, and he's not really worshiping the Lord. And he he knows all about God. He's around the activity of God. There's sacrifices. There's worship services services going on, but as we're going to see in a second, his his household isn't in order. Uh, it's just it's just it, things aren't good. You know, there's a familiarity with God. Um, but it's more just kind of outward than inward, but because Hannah surrenders her purpose and surrenders her son to the Lord, now all of a sudden something new is starting in Eli. And you may need that today as we start this new year. I just want to encourage you that, that God's love is great for you, and, and you may be looking at that, and you know maybe you're in a place you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I mean, today is a great day to do it. New, new month, new year, uh, new, new week. And, and just say Lord you know what I'm going to worship you I'm going to leave behind anything else that's held me back I'm just going to worship you with all that I am I think that's what we see Eli do but things have gotten pretty bad and so um, just like with Eli it's like with Jesus we, we just celebrated Christmas and and when Jesus came everything got transformed people started to respond to him in different ways and in in all whole cultures and countries and all of history was changed because of Jesus showing up on the scene. And it made me think of uh, uh, a short story called The Luck of Roaring Camp by Bret Hart. And I'm just going to read this because the details are so important. And it's a great short story. You can look it up. But it was in 1868, uh, Bret Hart wrote a short story called The Luck of Roaring Camp. And the story was written about a mining town in California called Roaring Camp. And the only woman in the town was a, a Cherokee woman named Saul. Uh, Sal, she became pregnant but died while giving birth to a son. This left a baby in a town full of single men. Kind of sounds like three men and a baby, You know, recent movies, or I guess not recent, 30 years ago. Uh, but, uh, and these weren't just men, but they were rough, tough, rude, crude, uh, uh, men of the Wild West. And so what are they going to do with the baby? Well, the child was thought to be a sign of good fortune, so they gave him the name Thomas Luck. They put him in a dirty box, wrapped in dirty clothes, uh, but that didn't look right. Uh, So they ordered a, a rosewood cradle with satin sheets and a soft pillow. And the best room that they had was filthy, so these men got on their knees and cleaned the floors and the walls. Then they decided that if they were going to take care of a baby, they needed to start using soap themselves. Uh, they needed to wash their hands and bathe more, and 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 then they said, maybe we don't need to be gambling so much, uh, maybe we don't need to be fighting so much, maybe we don't need to be drinking so much. And as the story progresses, the entire town of Roaring Camp was transformed by the arrival of a single baby boy, and and that sound like Jesus, or the effect that Jesus would have upon a place if people wrapped their lives around him. And so it's all throughout history. Everybody is the, is that the power of one life dedicated to God. The absolute incredible impact that just just ripples out from that center of just one life saying, I don't care what it takes, I don't care what I lose, I don't care what happens if I just surrender my whole life to God. I'm just gonna surrender it all to Him. And so that's what we wanna do in this new year. And so, question, you wanna change the world? Uh, If you want to go big and do things, maybe that's you, or maybe you're cool with small. It doesn't matter. If you want to change the world, if you want to go big, you go small. You start right with you. You start from the inside out, inviting the kingdom of God in, and it works it out in the world. And so here's how it happens. Uh, There is not any other way than this. There's no quicker way. There's no cliff notes. This is how it happens, and we see it with the life of Samuel and so we see that purpose requires hearing and availability. And so Eli, the priest's sons, they actually served in this place of worship, and, and they would actually steal part of the offerings that people would bring, and they wouldn't do it according to the system and the structure. And, and they did all kinds of other terrible things you can read about in these chapters, in chapter 2, chapter 3. And, and uh, God actually spoke to, Samuel, or to Eli and said, Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually getting rid of your sons. Uh, the, the way that they're functioning, and doing things, I, you know, they're out of here. And and he says this. He says, he's uh, he, he says in verse thirty five of chapter two. He says, I'll raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his priestly house, and they will minister before the anointed one always. And so he was speaking of Samuel, who was a young boy there at that time. But he was also ultimately speaking of Jesus, the Messiah. And uh, many times God will do that. He'll speak prophecy into this time and then also what's coming. And so Samuel steps into his purpose, hearing and being available to God. Here, let's read this. This is one of the best passages in all of scripture. First uh, First Samuel chapter three, verse one through 11. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. Uh, There were not many visions. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My my son Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood there. Calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. Now we don't have time to go into all that God spoke to him, but it was a prophecy, and and he had to share it with Eli, and it it took a lot of guts to share what God shared, because it was really the downfall of his family and those things, but he shared it, and he shared it with boldness. But there's three principles that we see here that can help us walk into our purpose as well first is that is that samuel was camped he was camped out near the lord in his presence and so if you want to walk in your purpose in 2023 camp out near the lord camp out in his presence. And and when you go places as a follower of Jesus, you bring God's presence, you welcome God's presence, but go and be with other people in in God's presence. Uh, Come come here to Vineyard and and be in God's presence. Gather with your family and friends and coffee houses and homes and, and welcome God's presence. And wherever you go, welcome God's presence. That's what Samuel did, and he walked in his purpose. Next is that the Lord will call to you, and it takes others and focus to get to know the Lord in his voice. This is a quick process we see here, but it's also illustrative of how someone gets to know God and finds their purpose, is you actually uh, walk through this process of saying, hey, I think this is God. Is it? And you walk through a discernment process with other people that have heard God's voice longer and further before you. And So so start that process, write down the things you think are God speaking to you, and you and, and you'll really get to know his voice and, and hear from him. And then the last thing is, is that when you read the Bible and when you serve, when you sense the Lord is speaking to you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I do this every time I open the Bible. Just, Lord, will you speak to me for your servant is listening. And isn't that what we long for? When we hear God's voice, absolutely everything changes. And so this is where purpose starts, is where we go to the place of saying, Lord, I want to hear from you, because walking in purpose takes hearing and availability. And so I'd ask you, you know, what what are you listening to today? You know, what has your ear? What has the biggest draw upon your attention and your time? Uh, the God of all the universe uh, asks for a hearing with you. The God of all the universe says, "I want to work in your life this year. I want to help you step into your purpose this year." Now, before we finish. I do want to say this because here's just some practical things, is that distractions are the enemy of purpose. And so as you start this new year, move out the distractions in your life that are keeping you from your purpose in God. Next is that your purpose is personal. Don't try to walk in anybody else's purpose. Walk in your purpose, the one God has for you. Next, your purpose is for the benefit of others. It's just—it's just not about you. I love Rick Warren's book, uh, *Purpose-Driven Life*. It starts with this: It's not about you. And so, what an incredible thing to realize is that you get to be with God. God gifts you, but it's really about the benefit of others ultimately. The next thing is your purpose pleases God, and then lastly, your purpose is enjoyable. Your life will be better than you ever imagined and more meaningful than you ever imagined if you decide that this year you're gonna step into the journey of finding your purpose. So let's seal this up by praying together. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we just recognize that, that we have distractions in our lives. We recognize that um, there's so many things coming at us all the time, and, and yet um, we come to you, lover of our souls, Papa, Daddy, God, just saying, here we are. We give you our hearts back this year in 2023, Lord. And we worship you now, God. We give you everything, our lives, our voices, all that we are as we start this year. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com.